Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. I'm Daniel, and with me are Monica and Stacy. And tonight we talk about The Last Jedi. Uh, be warned, this episode will contain spoilers, so if you have not seen the movie yet, go ahead and stop this recording now and come back to us later. Um, so, I just want to go ahead and get right on into it. Um, guys, how y'all doing today? I'm Good. doing great. Great. Fantastic. Well, uh, hopefully it's a lot better than just great and fantastic. We just got to see Star Wars. This is true. Uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm way better than I was before that. I was going into the movie yesterday, I was like... So excited yesterday. I couldn't focus at work. I couldn't focus. I, I got home. I was like, oh my God, it's like four more hours. What am I going to do? Went out and had dinner. And I was like, we got three more hours. <laughs> I was like, let's go to Walmart. So we walked around Walmart. And I was like, all right, we got two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> so it's like. I thought it was going to be sold out. So I just didn't anticipate like going to see it yesterday. I thought I was going to see it this weekend at some point. But, you know, we got really lucky. We didn't even wait in any kind of line. That's crazy because here it was sold out. Yeah. yeah, mine was sold out too. I mean, it was, if when I got there, and they had the D box here. Do y'all have D box where y'all are? Uh, I think we used oh, to. Okay, That's it's like the seat moves. that has like speakers in it, and it moves and vibrates with this. With oh, the movie. nice. Yeah, so, is that so, actually how you saw it? No, no, no. But the problem is, is that thirty percent of the theater are those seats, and so you have to buy that like a particular seat. And so when you right. walk into the theater, all 30 of those seats are, are already taken. So, like, you can't sit there, and you have to sit all around them. And so that makes for an awkward seating experience, because you can't sit in any of the really good seats That's in this weird. particular theater. Yeah, well, it is weird. It costs an extra six bucks or so to sit in those seats, um, which I, I would, I guess I would do. But it's yeah, the, the whole process is a little bit awkward it's like it i think that should be like an option i want to watch the imax 3d version of star wars i should have a selection of adult children senior and d box but yeah. instead you have to go find the actual showing for d box which is a separate listing to get tickets for the d box which is in the same theater that i was in so it's it's just weird that's crazy Need, needless to say i didn't do it but i still got a decent seat but it was packed. I mean, there were there may have been two seats not taken. One of them was next to me, fortunately. But <laughs> I, I will say the only showing I was able to get tickets for was the 3D showing, and I do not want to see another 3D movie that's so freaking dark. It was I don't, I don't know if they didn't have the brightness turned up on the projector or what, but it was just real. I had to take the glasses off during several scenes because you know the glasses are already have like a tent on. Oh and yeah, it was just dark. That. And uh, yeah, everything in space. So I, I, I need to go see it again, <laughs> and I'm not going to see it in 3D. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I'll see it in standard format with the kids because they'd rather see it that way. They don't really like 3D, and it'll be good to be able to see it and not have to keep your head really still so you don't get sick. <laughs> yeah, I wear glasses, so I never see anything in 3D. Yeah, well. You didn't miss anything. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just wasn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. There have been some movies, especially the second one, that really just seemed like it lent itself to a 3D experience. And although this was good, the space battle was fantastic. 
uh, was that spoilery? Is that spoilery? There's a space battle in Star Wars. You already okay. ruined the movie. I know. Well, you know, for those that didn't know that there are space battles in space. Um, there was a war in space. <laughs> among the stars. Among the stars. Exactly. Uh, I thought that that was fantastic, but again, so much is going on, and in 3D, it's hard to absorb all that. So anyway, I won't say any more. I'll wait till later to go into that. Well, I think this would be a good segue to go ahead and start going into the movie. Um, Stacy, if you want to go ahead and start, let us let me hear your initial thoughts of the film. How did You went and saw it last night. What are your initial thoughts on the movie? Uh, the quick version is um, complicated. I loved it. I loved the movie. Um, I'm torn, uh, but it is still one. Of, it'll. I think it will go down once I've had time to digest it. It's probably one of my favorite Star Wars movies. All right, Monica, what about you? I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Rogue One really was is like my favorite Star Wars movie right now, and um, it was really like emotionally driven. Rogue One. Um, so I liked that. Uh, the Last Jedi was as well, but not as hurtful as Rogue One. Like it was a lot more lighthearted. So um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same camp as Stacy. I really enjoyed the movie, but I still don't know how to process my feelings for what I just saw. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm hoping after a second viewing, I will finally be able to say definitively this was like either the greatest movie I've ever seen or. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was some good stuff in the film. There was some great stuff in the film, actually. Uh, but there was just some stuff that I still can't wrap my head around. So, But I think we're getting ready to get into that. But, um, Stacey, if you want to go ahead and start leading off. So, th- is this spoilery-ish? We can start with the spoilers. Well, okay. Um, I mean, if you want to tell us what you liked about it first. Let's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I liked... <laughs> I like that Luke Skywalker's in it. Um, <laughs> I liked that at the end of this, I felt um, they took Star Wars in an, an original direction, that it was different. Uh, it was different enough. I think they played it safe in Episode 7 and that they took some risks in this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. And even though it initially rubbed me the wrong way some of the decisions that were made and i don't even want to say the wrong way just not the way i expected uh the unexpected decisions that they made i think were really good decisions i i i think i once my head gets wrapped around them i will thoroughly enjoy that you know i think it's just because i have so many new questions now um and uh so yeah i, I mean i I enjoyed. I th- I felt like this movie had a lot of heart. Uh, had, really you know, and and that and that's one of the things I think that had missed was missing through the prequels, was some was heart and characters that were developed, uh, understanding motivations and not just having to have people walk on CGI backgrounds or with CGI backgrounds on catwalks, giving, you know, expository dialogue. This was actually people on real sets in real locations. The world felt lived in, uh, you know. The there was enough comedy in it, or, or comedy's the wrong word. Enough humor uh, to make the movie to you know to give it levity, even though there were some really darker or more serious themes. 
Uh, I don't know if I can be any more vague. I could have been describing a number of movies. <laughs> um, I... But, so we're clear. We're okay to just talk spoilers, though, right? Like this is full yeah. I, I guess I just wanted to say kind of that I liked it, and what were some some things I liked about it before I went into like really getting guess, down and dirty. Yeah, really getting <laughs> in because I mean I, I I think I when I start really talking about what I really really enjoyed, it's going to be the parts of the movie that would spoil it for anybody that's listening. You know, so because uh, there's some things that happen in this movie that. Uh, I did not expect. Well, one thing that I kind of expected, or I hoped that they would do, but then they once these things happened, then they went in another direction that I didn't expect. Uh, yeah, I don't know so. what you're talking about. Just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for instance, spoiler. Here we go. Spoilers. So anybody I need listening? To know. No. It's like you're is, talking uh, in circles. I know. Okay, so for instance, when Ray gets jettisoned off the Millennium Falcon, ends up on. Snoke ship and gets taken to Snoke just like uh, Luke Skywalker did in Return of the Jedi. There's this point after that where Snoke gets, you know, he he gets his he, he gets, gets got he gets got, <laughs> and uh, which completely surprised me. So now I'm sitting here mouth agape, looking at the fact that Snoke's in two pieces, and then you've got. Ben and Ray fighting side by side, or so Kylo Ren and Ray are fighting side by side, which is something that I thought was going to happen. But I thought that they that we were going to find out that they were siblings, and part of that was going to bring Kylo maybe to the other side to be good, and they were going to end up fighting together. Well, they did end up fighting together, and they did end up pulling, you know, each other kind of in their respective directions. And that fight scene was fantastic, you know, against it the Victorian was amazing. It was amazing. And, uh, and that, that just, I mean, I just found myself smiling during that part. I was talking to Daniel about it earlier. I was just sitting there smiling about how awesome this, this is and that this felt really earned. You know, it felt, in, instead of just having like this big fight scene like there was in Attack of the Clones where you've got Jedi everywhere. You had a fight scene that felt like it was really earned, and you were invested in the two characters, and you're even pulling for you. Like, yeah, Kylo, you wanted to see him be awesome, and you knew that Rey was kind of inexperienced as a Jedi, and so she's going to be raw and probably really good, but still, you know, you know, uh, kind of, uh, I guess unrefined and so right. you know she get herself in trouble and kyle would have to come help her and all those things happen so that was one example of something that i i was kind of expecting but then they took it in another direction because he wanted to assume control and lead the first order and she's like no that's not what we're going to do come with me and then they you know they split their own they split ways when he so. says that to her though when he's like you know come with me leave with me that was so anakin and padme though yeah. That's what he told her. He was like, you know, together we can rule this galaxy and like we can make it whatever we want. He used the same words that Anakin used with Padme. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it, I thought that was really great. It almost sucks that you started here. Sorry. Because <laughs> this, well, this one particular whole segment of the movie reveals so much. So let's start with the very like first I said. thing. <laughs> Let's start with the very first thing here and talk about okay. Snoke's death. 
Okay. What the crap? Okay, so there was four times in the movie where I literally said out loud, WTF. I won't, I won't yeah. say it here. But I literally said, what the, you know? And my wife was like, shh, people can hear you. And, you know, I heard people behind me saying the same thing. Um, so this was one of them. I, I was not expecting them to kill Snoke this quickly in the trilogy. Right, <laughs> right. They hyped this character up. Well, I mean, at least I felt that he was hyped up. He was this mis- mysterious person in the first one. Everybody started coming up with theories. Who the hell is this guy? Where did he come from? You know, there were theories on the I internet about I think we hyped him. ourselves up about Snoke. Well, I think we did too. And that's where I'm getting at. It's like, you know, we, we started coming up with these theories for this guy. And then he ended up being nothing. Just... <laughs> just yeah, I, like... I mean, that's why we can't dwell, guys. We can't dwell. We just got to let the movies be and just enjoy them. And, you know, yeah. I was kind of like Stacy. I was like, well, maybe he's not really dead. I thought he was getting ready to pull the lightsaber out of him, but then he just fell in half. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then, yeah. you know, the humor part of that was when Hux comes in there and he's like, how did this happen? And all of a sudden the legs fall out of the chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you see Snoke just kind of his tongue sticking out, uh, and he's, and you're like this, and and that was the thing. I mean, you had a character who we had never seen in in my opinion, we had never seen anybody really display this level of control over the Force like Snoke, right? Was. Like and, how he I was mean, connecting them. He was just toying with with Ray, you know. He had he had he had orchestrated all of this stuff, or at least he had made it appear that he did. And right. you know, even when Darth Sidious, who I was impressed that they actually referenced Darth Sidious in this, but when they even Darth Sidious in I get I think it was Revenge of the Sith, uh, when he starts throwing you know those pods from the Senate room at Yoda, right, right, I, right. It was to me it wasn't impressive. You know, it, it just it, it just felt really empty. Just the idea of, of Snoke making the lightsaber spin around the room and smack Ray in the head. And then come right. back and land in his <laughs> Before it came back and landed in his hand. He's like, he's like, look, just stop. You know, just stop doing what you're doing. You have no chance. So, you know. He can do. And the fact that Kylo Ren was able to block himself from yeah. that couldn't see that coming when he was about to get lightsabered in half. Like that that yeah. gives you like such a big sense of how strong Kylo Ren is because also like you know when 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 he's in that battle with Rey and then he gets shot with um you know with that gun that tore everybody apart, but he was yeah. able to the force to keep himself his actual body together plus battle Rey at the same time. Yeah. So like I mean he's so freaking strong. Yeah, and I, and I think you know I kept trying to think is like how is Snoke not seeing, but the way I was I rationalized it in my head is what Kylo must be thinking is you know he's he's thinking about the lightsaber turning on that's in his hand, but he's just thinking of it as a lightsaber that's about to turn on and kill someone. Correct. Non nondescript. Real Emery, uh, his real enemy. Yeah. Yeah, so like he could feel the hate, he could feel everything, but he couldn't feel it directed at anything in particular. He could just feel it, and then that's when the lightsaber, you know, splits him in half. So that that scene definitely, I I, I was 
definitely taken back by that scene. I, I was not expecting them to kill off because I thought he was going to be the big bad of all three movies. Right. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> and you know what? But what's really cool about that scene that I really, really loved was right after that happens and they go back to back and they start into battle and they do that spin. Like, I just lost my mind right there when like Ray and <laughs> and Kyla just start going at it together. Oh my god. Sorry, I get yeah. really excited about that part. <laughs> no, that part is the, that part is cool. That's yeah. that was one of my favorite parts for sure. That was I, I definitely started getting really excited when I saw them team up. I'm like, okay, she pulling them back to the light side. Um, they fought really well together. Uh, I thought that. And then you know, which leads us into the second part here. They gave us finally the reveal, or it could be the reveal. Stacy and I were talking about this earlier. It may not be the reveal. It might have been Kylo Ren manipulating Ray, but we found out who her parents were in this scene. Um, basically, I, they I, were revealed to be just nobodies. Uh, go ahead, Monica. What were you going to say about that? I was going to say, I, re- I really hope that that's the case because I love the idea of like a Jedi not being like something special. Uh, Jedi could be anybody. Can come from anywhere, from the lowest yeah. of the lows. And that scene at the end with the little kid with a broom, and he yeah. kind of just looks like he's using the force. He was like a little slave kid, you know? And I love that idea that, like, Ray didn't have to be a Skywalker. She didn't have to be, like, you know, descended of the midichlorians like Anakin, you know? That she could just be nobody and still be this awesome, badass person. Yeah, yeah. That and that that was something I talked to Daniel about earlier today too. Is I was like I I couldn't help but think that maybe Kyla was just saying that to Ray. And again, I know we're dwelling on one particular part of this movie because there's so much to unpack. So much oh, to we're, talk about. We're, we're gonna get to the other stuff. Believe yeah. Me. <laughs> so, but the idea that that uh, she could be nobody, um, I was like, I it just felt like that was too easy. And just kind of a, it's a way to throw it away and, and not really have to worry about it anymore. Or to deflect, maybe distract us from what the real answer is. I was okay if she's if she's a nobody, you know. Like you said, it showed us that you don't have to be a Skywalker to be a Jedi or to be the most, you know, to be a powerful person in the universe and be good and to bring balance and all the other stuff. Um, but I guess I just, I guess in my mind, and again, this is... Kind of going back to what you said, Monica, about just letting the movies be. Um, I had an idea. I had an idea of what I thought or wanted it to be. I wanted them to be siblings, and that to be tied to the expanded universe, the legends, where you had the twins that were born from Leia and, right, from Leia and, and Han Solo, and Jason Solo turning dark, and Jaina being light. And, uh, you know, and Jaina eventually having to kill her brother and all that. uh, That storyline was actually really good. And so they could have taken pieces of that if they wanted to or made something completely different. That's not the direction that it went. And that's fine. And I like I said, I really enjoyed it. It was just went in a different direction. So. So what you're trying to say, Stacey, is that you think that there is a possibility that this was just kind of a throwaway line that there might actually still be more to her story. I, I, I thought that there's, I still think that there's a chance that he said that to break her down, but then to build Just her to up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, that it is possible. He's like, your parents were nobody. You know, your parents were, they threw you away for drinking money. You know, so you're nothing. 
but not to me. Well, see, yeah. and, and I, the what I brought up earlier was I, I felt like that that scene there was like Kylo Ren talking to the audience at that point because you know the audience had this expectation of oh she was a Skywalker oh she's a Solo oh she's a you know a Kenobi and yeah. he's just like no guys she's a nobody <laughs> um, yeah exactly so I don't believe it either um, I believe it might be a throwaway line as well because there was so much emphasis on who her parents were that just for them to be nobody. I don't, I don't believe that they're going that route. I think there's going to be probably an even bigger twist in the next film. Maybe. Yeah. Because even, you know, if we go back a little bit, there was a scene prior to that. And I think you said you missed this, uh, Stacy, when you had to leave the theater for a moment, but she falls down into a hole and oh, she, yeah. she sees herself in this mirror of infinite rays, basically. And the question she asks her asks the, the mirror is she wants to know who her parents are. So even she's on a quest to find who her parents are. Um, so yeah, I, I believe there's going to be more to this story. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like Luke seeing Vader in the cave. Um, in oh, Empire Strikes Back, right, 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 right. Vader strikes or Luke strikes Vader, and he sees himself in the mask. Well, when she asked the mirror, you know, who her parents were, she saw herself. Yeah. So I, I think there's gonna be more to that story, but I, I don't think that's the end of it. Yeah, I think okay. there's something safe for this last one. So I don't know. One of the questions I wanted to ask y'all about is um, Carrie Fisher's performance in this movie. Um, and oh my not, god! And not just her performance, but basically the whole role of Leia in this film. Um, first, I thought her performance was amazing. Um, how did y'all feel about her her performance in this film? Um, I just want to say that I didn't even realize I thought they were just going to do like some kind of tribute to her and you know because obviously Carrie Fisher died um, and so I thought you know when she gets sucked out of that thing like um, out of the spaceship in the beginning of the movie I yeah. thought this is where she ends like Kylo didn't kill her okay fine but basically he still sent the troops and you know he's responsible for his mom's death or whatever and I was like this is where Carrie Fisher makes her exit, but I cannot believe that they got so much of Carrie, and yeah, and she didn't die the whole movie. Yes, and I was expecting at every single turn for her to die. I was actually pissed when she got sucked out the window because I was like, "Do not tell me this is how they're going to kill her off," because yeah. I actually did not think that was going to be a fitting in for her. Um, well, I didn't think so either, but when they started showing her, like, all crystallizing and looking all beautiful like an angel, I was like, okay, this is how she goes. Like, she goes off, you know? But, and then she just used the force and dragged her ass back. I was like, oh, my God. Which was awesome because, <laughs> you know, this is, like, really the first time you actually see Leia on film, like, really utilizing the force. Um, I, I thought it yeah, was really cool. Yeah. I mean, she's used it before, like, to, like, sense Luke and Empire and things like that. But this is like when she really like we saw that she can actually kind of control the powers. So I I, I thought that yeah. was a really cool scene, and I was like, made me miss Carrie Fisher even more because I was like, she's gonna have even a bigger part in Episode Nine, and she's no longer with us. <laughs> How did they do that though? Because from my understanding was that um, that was old footage from like Force Awakens that they used. Yeah, and that like it was all basically it wasn't really Carrie. I thought she had, hmm. fi I, and I may be wrong, but I thought she had finished filming this movie before she died. 
I thought so too. Yeah, I thought I think she did. Okay. Um. Now yeah. I know they did say in episode nine that they're not going to reuse any old footage or anything like that, and they're not going to digitize her. So I don't know if they're going to write her off. Like or, in the scrolls as it's going. Yeah. So like you know, I was the way I see them doing it, and I was telling Stacy this earlier, and I know I keep we. Both keep saying this because we had a conversation prior. We didn't talk for about an hour earlier. So, <laughs> um, I but, cannot believe you guys talked about Star Wars on podcast day for an I, hour. <laughs> we had I to make am, no, uh, uh-uh, uh. We, we had to I make. Know. We had to make sure we were synced. No, I'm just playing. That's right. Um, <gasps> we were trying to process our feelings. That's right. That was the thing. It was really that was the thing because we had a similar reaction to the movie. And I, I was literally like holding off on all the group chats today, guys, so that I can talk about it right now. So I could process my feelings with you, and I feel let down. I, I will. You should. And, and Monica, I want to tell you how sorry I am, and it won't happen again. <laughs> but, 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 I will, but I will let you in on what we discussed. Okay, come <laughs> So I think the way Leia is going to be utilized in the next movie is kind of like how they did um, – well, they they kind of showed her, but just she's going to be there, but she's not going to be in the movie. So like they're going to be like, we got orders from General Leia to do this, blah 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 blah. So you're going to know that Leia is still alive, and her presence is going to still be felt, but she's not going to actually be a character in the movie. Right, yeah. right. So, which is sad, but you know, and I was telling you know one of the things I said earlier was I'd be okay with them recasting her, um, only because Leia is such a pivotal character in the film. Um, yeah, but I know there would be a lot of fans out there that would be like, "You can't do that." So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd be cool with them recasting Carrie Fisher. I just, I don't think I could handle. Yeah, I, I'd rather I, I, digitize her. Yeah, I would too. Or, or just use what what uh, whatever footage you have and figure out a way to either write her off or use her voice. There's a way that you could use her voice or a line and and do her off screen. Yeah. So now I, one scene that kind of like totally hit me in the feels was uh, on the, the Millennium Falcon when Luke is sitting down at the, uh, the checker table or, or chess table and R2 yeah. comes in there and R2 starts talking to him and you know, he's joking around. He's like, don't use that type of language or whatever he said. And then yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, R2 flips on that old Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope video. Oh, and he's like, that's yeah, dirty. Yeah. That was really good. I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was definitely good. Um, yeah. Okay, so. so Crazy Luke. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, <laughs> we can start We can start from the beginning and, and, and the one of the first scenes. And also, again, the scene that kind of gets your attention is the bomber scene. So, what were your thoughts? What are your you guys' thoughts on the bomber scene? And and just because I, I I really saw what they were doing with that. Um, I, I saw the writing on the wall as to how that was going to play with Poe's character. But what were your thoughts on that that particular scene? What, what do you mean, uh, Rose's sister? That yes. bomber, yeah, the or? sister, the bombers, and and like how they Basi- they kind of blitz. Yeah, basically, you know, Poe leading them all to death. Yeah. You know, I yeah, and um, I take this from something my boyfriend and I were talking about this um, as we were leaving the movie, and I feel like 
this movie, a lot of it had to do with like learning from your mistakes and like not um, like all of it. Like Luke is talking about like all his failures to Yoda and he's telling him like, you know, I can't teach her. I'm a failure. I'm the best. Here is Leia and Admiral. Oh, my God. I can't remember her name. Holden. Holden. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're instead of like arresting Poe for for mutiny, and instead of like you know shooting him on the spot, here they are forgiving him, giving him another chance. You know, teaching him how to be a leader, versus like you know punishing him for just you know being like this ace pilot that's just going to go blow everything up. So I feel like the whole movie is about like learning and learning. Same thing with, you know, Kylo and with Ray, like they're learning. And I feel like all of this had to do with that, with, with just, you know, accepting your failures and learning from them and moving on. Yeah. I could see so that's that. How I feel about the bomber scene, for example, like yeah. Poe leading it to, to them, their death. I feel like it, it served a purpose, you know? Unfortunately, yeah, and the and the bombers were cool, but somewhat useless ships. <laughs> now, were those right. B wings? They look like it, but I mean, they didn't function like it because the B wings always flew sideways. I thought they, they flew sideways, and they were a little bit faster. <laughs> these Way. bombers were slow <laughs> as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was like these are the most useless ships ever. It's like, oh my god, why didn't they get some Y-Wings in there? Even the Y-Wings could do a little bit more maneuvering than these things could. Yeah, I mean, It looked like they were pretty heavily loaded, though. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I'm not... I, and I thought that was awesome, just like the way they had the, the bombs in those ships and everything. I was like, that is cool. I mean, I was like really yeah. impressed with the, like, the technology part of it. I was just like, that's awesome. Um, I love that scene. I mean, I just... I, I really enjoyed all the space battles in this movie. Yeah. Um... It's really emphasizing the whole war part of Star Wars. Uh, Poe taking on the freaking ship. Um, Poe at the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah. Talking to General Hux. <laughs> oh, that, that was, was funny. so funny. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay, I'll yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was funny. And the thing is, is that I thought that they did, did a really good job of balancing because Hux is over the top. But, yeah. But... He played next to or, uh, you know, juxtaposed to maybe Poe or Finn or somebody else. It, it could be comical. It could even probably be laughable. But I, I never I never didn't take him seriously, I guess. It, and I think Snokes said it best. He's like, you know, that guy is if you give him if you motivate him the right way because he's a coward and he's all these other things. But if you motivate him the right way, he can be very effective. Yeah. And so, you know, Hux comes across as somebody who definitely will abuse his power, um, but and is kind of a coward, but and is going to play it safe or whatever. Uh, yeah, and so I felt like it, it could have been really easy to make him a laughable character with his, he's just so over the top with the way he delivered his lines. But it wasn't comical or, you know, or silly. It never came across that way. And it was really funny to see Poe kind of manipulate him the way he did. Well, I kinda, you know, I just go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy, um, the two volume yeah. two, yeah, and I felt like that one had 
like the first one was so subtle in its humor and really funny, like at, right at the right times. But I thought it was like too packed with the second Guardians movie where like it was just too many one liners and things like that. And so having watched that right before I watched The Last Jedi, um, I really appreciated the humor in The Last Jedi because it was so well placed and it yeah. didn't seem like forced. Yeah. Awakens. Yeah. Well, the. And, and I, you know, part of what you're saying, I, I think it was really at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy two that was seemed forced. It was like the right. the lines were they were too. It was like it was too perfect. It's almost like a poor man, and I, this would be almost blasphemy. A poor man's Joss Whedon, in that you you had the perfect line. No, not uh, let's say Aaron Sorkin, the perfect line every single time like everybody can't say the perfect thing every single time you know there right, can't right. be a witty quip every time you say something and yeah. i think they got they got out of that and into a groove into in the movie and you know where drax was actually really funny when you introduce mantis there's a good right. innocence that that kind of helps you play off of that and uh you know and then everything with yondu and um and rocket and how they were kind of two sides of the same coin or basically the same side uh, right. And uh, so, yeah, I, but I agree that it was a little heavy handed in Guardian at first, although I enjoyed it. Um, I did, but like, I enjoyed it as well. Luke was really funny. Luke was <laughs> Luke reminded me of Crazy Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. I got um, that too. The scene that I just like totally like. I I don't know how I felt about this scene, but those freaking pig creatures he walks up he's no the the giant oh where he drank the the blue milk or whatever it was like a straight up boob (laughs) he started milking it it. (laughs) It was like a cow and then he turns to freaking ray and he's drinking it and it's just dripping down his beard like he's a freaking hobo or something (laughs) well it was like he was trying to shock her and then and that didn't drive her away and so they just kept going okay so since we're on the subject of Luke, the scene he gets introduced in is basically the scene where we get left off in the last or the Force Awakens. Ray's standing there. She hands him the lightsaber. <laughs> he grabs the lightsaber. Were you all expecting t- for him to do what he did? No. Yes, I was actually. You I did. thought I was like, I, I, I said to myself, in like you know, in the in the theater before I go watch him ch- chuck it back, and when he checked it back, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I was like, I willed that. <laughs> That I laughed out loud. I did laugh out loud when I saw that. He yeah. just threw the lightsaber and walked away. Um, which kind of brings me to my next question. So Luke made the comment in that movie, "How did you find me?" And you know, she said she was part of the resistance. And he goes, you know, he asked her again, "How did you find me?" So it made, where, what was this map all about in the first movie? Did he not create this map to tell his sister how to find him? Yeah, he was really trying to get to who she is. Like, why are you here? Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's, I so it's like we're like, but why did they send you? Like, Leia wouldn't send just anybody, or right. like, like you know, there's soldier, a reason you're whatever. here, and you're not telling me something. Yeah. And I think that's really what he was doing. Okay, I mean, I, I eventually got that, but I was just—I guess I was just dwelling on the wording that he was using. I was just like. There was a map you left Leia. (laughs) That's how she found you. Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know. I've been crazy Luke. I I enjoyed a lot. 
Um, the big twist with Luke uh, being the one that turned Kylo Ren into Kylo Ren. How do y'all yeah. feel about that? So when Kylo told Ray that, I was like, oh my God. Like, I can totally see that happening. But I was like, but there has to be something else about it. Because Luke's not all bad and he's not that easily drawn to the dark side, you know? Right. Uh, I, I was like, I know that Luke's strong. But I was like, I was like, but I believe Kylo. I believe that that's what he saw. And so I was very happy to see the Luke's version of what happened. Yeah. Even though it's like too late, you messed up, mister. I, I really loved during Kylo's version of the flashback that freaking Luke just looked f- straight up murderous crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that's probably how he saw him. Um, yeah, I was just like, wow, Luke is has lost it. But yeah, I mean, I was... I was not expecting that to be the turning point which caused uh, Kylo Ren to actually go away and become Kylo Ren. You know, because the whole thing in the first movie was that Snoke seduced him. Well, I'm sure there was probably some seducing going on, but it looks like the breaking point was actually Luke trying to kill him. Or uh, given the appearance of trying to kill him. Um, Yeah. Well, he thought it, and he busted out the lightsaber. And even if it was momentary, it was the wrong moment. (laughs) <laughs> now the yeah. big the big part I have with the big problem that I have and this is going to be my first problem with the movie is the fact that Luke didn't doesn't feel and I I mean and I guess even to the end of the movie doesn't feel that Ben is redeemable even though his father he felt was redeemable um and I felt that his father has done more crazy shit than Kylo Ren has ever done um Well but his father didn't kill Han yeah, but his father right. killed younglings. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but it wasn't his youngling, you know, like. You <laughs> yeah, know, and like, maybe he didn't. His father know didn't didn't kill his mother. His you father, know what I mean? His father hunted and destroyed the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And I feel f- like when I I feel like with Anakin, he did all that in the name of love. Because he was trying to save Padme. He had a reason. He couldn't save his mother. He was delusional in his reasoning. But he had a reason. Yeah, the audience. You know what I, mean? I think the audience knows that by watching the movies. But the actual characters in the movie, like Luke didn't know. I don't think Luke knows that that was his father's motivation. I mean, unless his father had a talk with him in the last 30 years. I did it all for love, son. <laughs> and yeah. one day oh, you'll right. love too. <laughs> I think but that I think they're... That... What were you going to say, Monica? Oh, I was like, but I think you can sense that, though, which is why he was saying, like, oh, I feel the pool, I feel the pool, and I think he just didn't sense that in uh, in Kylo. And at this point, it looks like Kylo is much stronger than Vader. Uh, that I believe. I believe that Kylo and Rey are both way stronger than Luke and Anakin. I um, see, and I don't agree. I think that they are stronger than Vader was when he died. I think there's a time, and if in the comics right now, um, I think there's a time when Vader was really, really strong. Like, even if you played the Battlefront game, where Vader is, he's walking, he's when he walks down the path, and he's just throwing people off. Like, there are a bunch of Wookiees that'll come at him, and he just throws them all into the water, or off the tree, or wherever they are, and Kashyyyk. Um, they... I think that there was a time when he was really strong. However, I think Kylo will surpass that. 
um, that you could see there's a because I don't think that he had Kylo wouldn't have stood a chance against uh, Snoke in my opinion without being tricky. That's just that was the impression I got because if Ray was able to handle herself, handle her own against Kylo, and she couldn't even get within two feet of him. Uh, I think that but, that Snoke was on a, a different level. Well, I don't know. I think that like it comes down to them being unrefined, where Kylo still doesn't have his like full strength and training. And I think the reason he was able to get like one up on Snoke was because he, like you said, was tricky. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah. It's. I mean, it's fun to speculate because it, it's hard. Yeah. To know. I just. I, I don't well, know. I, I just. I. I really. I. And I guess this is where I'm torn at on this movie is that I don't think Luke would give up on, especially family, that quickly. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, like it or hate it or whatever, it's still his nephew. Well, it, and think and, about this. He did say, "Look, I've got to go face him. I'm, I'm going to go face him." So at the end of the movie, that's a good segue to go <laughs> to go to the end of the movie now, and the or the third act, which seemed like the third movie. Or do you, you know? Because there's really two things to talk about since then. There's there's the casino planet. Yeah, we'll get to that. That's, like that's that's the second subplot. Okay. Yeah. So, which is you got your B plot over there on the casino planet, which is was a cool was a cool series of events, and then you have happening right after that, you have the scene on crate, yeah. I believe, is the planet. Correct. Um, and and the uh, the old rebel base that's there on crate, and and where Luke comes to the rescue of the the rebels who seem to be in dire straits, like they they're about to get whacked. Um, I think I, that that particular scene, I think there's an explanation for that that ties into what you were just talking about. Anyway, what were you going to say, Monica? I was saying that, um, you know, because you were saying, like, you didn't think Luke would give up on his family. I just think that Luke was so full of guilt and remorse for what he did to Kylo that he he needed to escape. I think that it was... A personal issue where he just didn't feel like he could face Leia or face Han or face what he had done and that the best thing for him to do was just retreat and not train anybody anymore and not be tempted to fight because he was scared of his own failures and no, to make another mistake and I agree with every single thing that you just said right there because that's I, you know I believe that is why he went into hiding the problem I have is that he, he, I mean he even told Leia he is not redeemable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he told That's... he told the kid's mother, I, "I can't save your son. I'm just going to go kill him." You know, I'm basically in so many words. I'm just, I, I just yeah. I but Leia sensed it too. It wasn't like she was like shocked by that. And Leia's obviously strong in the Force if she like saved herself from space death. You know what I mean? So I think that either Leia knew she had to trust whatever Luke was saying for whatever reason. Or she just didn't want Leia to be blinded by like a mother's love. No, and I, obviously he killed Han. I, and I agree with all of that. I just, I, I just, I don't see the character of Luke Skywalker. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is I just don't see the character of Luke Skywalker giving up on his family like that. Just saying, there's just no way. 
I, when he was so hopeful of Vader. Correct. Right. I, I, and I, I agreed with that too. I, I feel like it did, it did seem out of character, but then, like I said, th- this, I just had this epiphany and it, again, it could, it could be not true. I think that if he wanted to go or he had an idea of what he was going to do, he, Luke was maybe disconnected from the force to a certain degree, but remember he goes back and he, he tests the waters or he touched the, I don't know if those were holy waters or whatever, Jedi I'm waters. Call them holy waters. Yeah. yeah there we go. There. Um, so he, he, uh, he touches them and, and he has a vision and he, he knows what's going to happen. He says he's going to go face Kylo. Maybe he did it knowing that he couldn't. I don't know. Maybe he knew he couldn't kill Kylo. Uh, That would give him an opportunity to be redeemed later. Um, He didn't even... I don't know. I I just... Like y'all said, I feel like this did did seem to be out of character. And I think that there's just... it, It created more questions than it necessarily answered. And that's a that's a good that's okay you know that's okay that it did that. Which is why um, I, I want felt... you guys to know that you guys are creating questions for me because I came out of there like ba, 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 yes this is amazing it's it satisfied <laughs> me on all levels. Well it's 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 why it bothered well, me. Well if we confused you then mission accomplished. It's it's why it bothered me that Luke. Me. You know he I I felt that Luke was out of character and then at the end of the movie they kill him off. Now granted. We know he's going to be back as a Force ghost, which yeah. is going to go into the next segment and right here. Exit. It was a very beautiful exit. I mean, it was fantastic. I loved it, but it bothered me that I felt that they made the they they knocked him out of character with the whole unredeemable thing, and then they just killed him off. And I'm like, why would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and I think that's why I walked out of the cinema like, I don't know how to process this. Um. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. Um, since we're talking about Force Ghosts, I was very happy to see Yoda. I was yeah. too. That was nice. And he was crazy Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Yes, he was Luke Yoda. <laughs> and he was a freaking puppet. Yes, he was the puppet Yoda, which was fantastic. They didn't use CG. It was a puppet. I was so freaking happy. I loved yeah. all of it. I was really happy with that. And, yeah. Uh, Stacy, you brought up some good points earlier about uh, about Yoda. Um, we we learned that in this scene that a Force ghost can actually manipulate things in the real world. Yeah, like he hits him in the head with his cane. You know, and well, I saw he that brings force. He brings lightning from the skies to to light that tree I, that had all the texts in it. You know, I mean, we're it's all connected, right? The force, everything in between. So I guess it's plausible. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, and but these are things that we never thought about when we first saw the force ghost. You know, because when yeah. you think of when you think of a ghost, you think of you know a spirit, someone that's not really there, but you know that you can communicate with things like that. But you know, and, you can sense and I, them, but they're not there. Yeah, and uh, you know, when Stacy said he hit him in the head, I was like, you know, I saw that, but it didn't register that he was a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And, I was and like, that just goes to show how powerful Yoda was. Well, and that's, I think that we're going to get to see maybe Luke do something as a Force ghost, using using the Force as a Force ghost in ways that we had never seen before. And I think this may have set the tone 
or at least a precedent so that in future films you'll be able to see people who if they die and become part of the force because there's varying levels of that you know if well, they and become I love that he ascended too it wasn't like he died like Qui-Gon or somebody and you know yeah yeah exactly and and Qui-Gon you know since we're you know in the middle of nerdery <laughs> Qui-Gon at least Qui-Gon at least was able to manifest as a voice a con a conscience you know a conscious right. you know or conscience or whatever so you could hear right, him because he talked to like Obi-Wan he talked to Obi-Wan he talked to Yoda you know he talked to Yoda the very last episode of the Clone Wars cartoon or not Yoda. the last episode yeah last two episodes he teach he takes Yoda through and teaches him that there is something greater you know he teaches him that there are lessons to be learned that can take you beyond the physical realm yeah don't fear and, death that something else could happen yeah and so really he was it's actually really good i mean it's it's two of the best episodes because if if you haven't seen the clone wars the last two seasons are really really good the last two seasons take one of my favorite characters in all of star wars ahsoka tano through a very tumultuous series of events where she questions being in the Jedi Order. And and if for those that don't know, Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan. Right. And they they talk her well, they basically she gets framed for killing a Jedi. And when the truth ends up coming out and Anakin is the one that that uh gets her off the hook more or less she decides that she doesn't want to come back to the Jedi Order and she walks away. And you never see her again. And this breaks Anakin's heart. And it's like, I, I'm not even going to lie, man. I, I teared up at this episode because if you if you watch the show, you got really connected to that character. <clears throat> and so, uh, in the next series, or the next season, which is the last season, um, they kind of try to tie up a lot of the loose ends, and they do a really good job. And and the and the two episodes with Yoda, one of them he actually gets to see Ahsoka again. It's like a vision of like a potential future. And he's you know he's even friends with uh, Darth Tyrannus uh, or uh, Count Dooku, the worst name in Star Wars history. Um, but really bad name. It's really a bad name. But anyway, so it's he gets to see. Ahsoka and and it's this alternate timeline and and it's 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 kind of uh, heart wrenching kind of you know it, it twists your guts a little bit but it, it's done really well and and they teach him a lot of things about what the force is bigger than just you know the physical realm and and uh, so if you haven't seen it I I don't think I spoiled it actually I think there's actually a lot more in that goes into it and it actually gets explained here with the journey or, or the uh, the wills of the force. Uh, the W H I L L S, which they talked about in Rogue One, that book that uh, that uh, Luke Skywalker pulls off of the shelf, you know, that's right. That is the uh, the Will's book. Um, so anyway, uh, I think that we're going to get to see Luke do some things with the Force uh, as a Force ghost, and and that made me happy because I was super bummed that he that he dies. You know uh, that he becomes part of the force at the end of the movie. I was just surprised that it was Luke and not Leia. Like I was expecting Leia to die like the first ten minutes in. So, um, yeah. and I also like that he died, and it was like a beautiful death. It wasn't like a tragic, sad like he's been ripped from us. I felt like it had 
to me, his death was satisfying. He had that whole tattooing, looking up at the suns and like, you know, just like, like he was in, you know, New Hope. And I felt like it, it felt closed off. I felt like, like it went full circle and it was his time and I was okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. With the, and the idea that he got to stare into the twin suns. Yeah. And it's reminiscent of being on Tatooine, and he was able oh, to kind of die good. with peace. Yeah, yeah. That, that was good. And that he helped his sister, and he helped the rebellion, and I don't know. I just felt like it was perfectly closed off for Luke, but that's just me. Yeah. What do you think, Daniel? Daniel's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, I was actually okay. I mean, I like the scene with the death and everything. I just, you know, I, I need to see it a second time. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I just I, I need to I need to, I need to get my feels back in there because I I really think they I don't know I don't want to say they the did the character that, misjustice or injustice but I don't know. The thing is, too, it was such a long movie. It was two hours and forty five minutes, and being that long and having so many side storylines going on and everything, it's hard to wrap your head around it completely. Like for example, I saw Rogue One at least five or six times in theaters when it came yeah. out. But I don't know that I could see this movie, even though I really enjoyed it that many times, only because it's super long. <laughs> yeah. It's too long. Like, I could probably see it one or two more times, but I don't know that I'll see it the five or six. Well, since you're Two and a half hours, yeah. Since you're talking about multiple plots and sidelines, uh, the, the, B, the B side of the, the story, the B, the B storyline, is the rebels trying to escape the, the First Order. And... Um, they have like 18 hours to do it. Yeah, basically they're running out of fuel. We found out that the First Order can track them during in, while they're in light speed. And they come up with this crazy plan to break into one of the, the lead ships to deactivate the, uh, the tracking device. But in order for them to do that, they have to go find the smuggler. Now, one thing I before we get into this is one thing I would like to say is uh, I really enjoyed Maz Katana's little cameo. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> How she's jumping around, fighting, shooting. You all don't want to be here. I, I just I thought that was pretty great. Um, so it was, it was good to see that character again. But uh, what were your thoughts on this this plot line of the story? I I don't know how I feel about the, the rebels basically just flying. <laughs> I mean, that's basically all we saw was the rebels just trying to stay ahead of them, getting shot I at. Think it- I think well, that in like a real war, that would be something that might happen where they have, you know, only so much time to like get away or whatever, or they're stuck in a situation and they're literally holding out until like they're being snuffed out or whatever. And it's only a matter of time. Um, obviously not in space because we don't have that technology yet. But like, I think that that's possible. I, it didn't seem unlikely for me for in a war situation for them to have the enemy cornered and just waiting for them to like basically run out of fuel or, you know, See, come well, out it's on definitely own something that happens in, in water, in naval. Yeah. In, it, in like a naval. Yeah. And I, and I, and I saw that I was like, this is definitely something that could happen in, in water, but they're in space and they're the first order and they have money. And why didn't they call other ships to come out and meet them up ahead? And I, I just, well, there, I, there's another, you know, maybe we can break this segment into things that didn't make sense. Um, they could have also dropped their walkers about 30 feet from the door instead of dropping them 
600 miles away <laughs> and making them drag that stupid battering ram gun. Yeah, but that's the you Empire. Know, in they the always rain. like to make an entrance. Well, I Why know. are you guys trying to ruin this for me? Well, I but, was learning all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started thinking about it. Haters. But then inside my head, I'm like, okay, now how do I rationalize this away? Because that's how I always did it. I mean, I, I always make this make sense because I want to enjoy it. And I always do. So in that instance, I'm like, okay, so maybe the reason that they didn't do it is because the, you know, they had to have they had to have time to get it to um, warm up or whatever. And if you dropped them right in front of it, you'd be right where the the rebels' guns were, and so you know it puts you at a disadvantage. Again, this is me rationalizing this that if they were too close. They wouldn't have time to charge it. They'd lose their gun, and then they still wouldn't be able to get in. The way I see it was they had two and a half hours, and this was the only plot line they could fill. I'm you <laughs> bite your tongue. <laughs> no, I mean. I, I think they wanted to show another side, and this was, like, you know, a good way to show that. Because I, I really like the, the character Rose. Um, and I like how she talks about, like, you know, the other side of. It's one of the things that I liked about um, in Rogue One, uh, Cassian. Andor, because um, you see like this gritty, dirty side Correct. of like the rebels, and I like that about Rose because you see like how why she became a rebel. Oh well, she was, you know, a refugee, you know, yeah. and uh, you know her family was torn apart, and her and her sister went to go do something about it, you know, and um, and I like the storyline of them going to like, you know, when they're going to that casino planet or whatever. And she's like, oh, the worst kind of people are there. And I'm thinking like, oh, it's going to be like the cantina, right? Like scum and this and that. But this is like a whole nother level of scum. Right. You know, these are like arms dealers. And I love that they show that side because like in a real war, in a real type situation, that would be the case. Exactly. But but what I really love about that whole where you're, you're, you know, we're, we're calling them scum is that they're scum that actually sides both sides of the war, they they fund. Yeah, both sides they were of the funding war. both of them. Oh so, yeah. So it and was it, it kind of reveals that you know both parties are just as guilty, giving these people right. money and right. making them rich and making them who they are. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a really cool, cool thing to see that you know you know Rogue One started the trend where you know rebels can be dirty, the rebels can be. You know, they're not always clean to, to get the job done. And now we're starting to see that war is not pretty. People are going to spend money and, you know, people profit off this stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I, just, I thought that was a really cool, I guess, analogy is the correct word, Stacy. For sure. Yeah. Pro- uh, yeah. Pro- yeah. <laughs> Professor Stacy. Uh, Professor Stacy. Yeah. Um, and then also the, the guy that they befriend in the jail or whatever. I like that he ended up being like just kind of a douche i mean it's a guy you found in jail like it wasn't this big redemption story like oh he like turned to be a good rebel cheesy we're all friends like no he turned you in yeah i appreciate yeah. that too because i was like oh here we go another lando type character no he right he's like i got the money i'm out of here peace <laughs> yeah and yeah. then and then you didn't see him come back at all like i thought that maybe when that walker was firing that maybe that was him or something uh not bb8 in that um, BBA, yeah. But uh, but it wasn't, and you're like, oh, he really did just take the money and run. <laughs> he was yeah, gone. and I think you, in like these kind of situations, you would run across people like that that would screw you over that you have like faith in or whatever, you know. Yeah. 
There is one line that I absolutely love that Rose says, um, like when she goes to say Finn, he's like, why did you do that? And he, she's like, I, you know, he was like, um, I was, I was saving you. She was like, this is how we're going to win this, um, by saving what we love, not fighting what we hate. Yeah. And I really feel like that kind of sets the tone as far as like where their head should be when they go on to the next, like, big adventure, you know? Yeah, no, that definitely did set the tone. Now, and I hate to be the the sour guy, but I'm going to go ahead and give my third gripe of the night. I don't like the fact that they had a force of love story between Rose and Finn. Well, you're just by yourself. <laughs> it's just, it. they had, now think about it this. It wasn't forced. Think about this. She was, think she ab- was starstruck. <laughs> think about this. She was. She was a fangirl. They were together for 10 hours. Because <laughs> that's how much fuel was on the ship. Well, I've known no. people that have had a very innocent kiss and spent less time together. Correct. But, but at the very end of the movie, Ray is no, sitting no. there staring at Finn like there's going to be a love triangle in the next movie. Yeah. I don't think so because... Um, I think Ray has bigger fish to fry. I think that like she is worried about some really serious stuff going on, and like love isn't so much of a thing for her. Hey, they burned up the Jedi journals. Now they can love. <laughs> they can love. <laughs> That's I don't true. know. I think that it might be a conflict for Rose because I think Finn will always kind of have like carry this torch for Ray, but. Um, I don't know, but I, 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 I can understand like, like in Rogue One, for example, when um, it wasn't like so much a love story, but a really close connection and bond between Jin and Cassian because of what they experienced together and what they went through, even if it was a short time. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's only 10 hours, but she went from fangirling over like, oh, this is Finn. Oh, I'm disappointed of you. Seeing him redeem himself and then her seeing like his true character because at any point he could have bailed on her. At any yeah. point he could have like taken off or whatever. So I can see her becoming really enamored by him or thinking he's really special because she already thought he was really special because he was a hero and she that was, you know, the first time she met him, she was like, Oh my god, you're a hero and he was like, Uh you know? Yeah. So I think that she already had that and to have it validated, I don't see why she wouldn't want to kiss him. I mean, I would want to kiss him. <laughs> I was all about they, Oscar. they went through a lot <laughs> I was all about Oscar Isaac so oh everybody's all about Oscar Isaac <laughs> that's universal uh, yeah so yeah the B plot of the movie I you know those, those are my two big gripes of the B plot but I mean I thought I really liked um, the storyline I liked the casino planet I really loved uh, Warwick Davis as the little imp guy that was sticking money inside BB-8 thinking he was a slot machine. That was Warwick Davis? Yeah, that was Warwick Davis. I that. That's kind of good. Yeah. I love the humor from BB-8. Um, and I just, I, I like that character a lot. I, I, I think he's a more evolved version of what R2-D2 was. And just to see another droid interact with the, the you know, the cast like that, I, I just, I love that character. Um, him shooting the coins like a machine gun. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> it was a good part. 
this is a total side thing, but uh, that scene with the porgs and when Chewbacca's about to eat one and their little faces. Oh, so the, I was dead. The, the porgs were not as annoying as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> did they you so see cute. that part where... Uh, so of course y'all did, but where Chewbacca is eating a porg, I'm assuming... Yeah, that's and what she was porgs? just saying. I mean, oh, okay, yeah. That's what saying, and their little faces were like, what? They were and, and the, the last one, whose eyes quivering. were so big, yes, and it's yeah. about to cry, and then, yeah. Uh, and then also, it was funny to see, like, that they had, like, made a home inside the Millennium Falcon with their little nest and everything. Yeah, their little nest, they were everywhere. It's like you couldn't keep them out if you yeah. wanted to. Uh, I think I read online somewhere the best way to describe them was they were rats, basically. Okay. They, they infested the Millennium Falcon and <laughs> just kind of... They were adorable rats. Yeah, they I just get them. on the counter and then Chewie had to, you know, smush them off there. Just get, get off there. Now, I think the unsung heroes of this movie were the guardians of the... Or the caretakers, I should say, of the Jedi Temple. The little fish what the, were they called? The caretakers. The caretakers. Yeah, right? yeah they, they, you know, Ray blasted a hole in the wall, and they were sitting there yelling about the hole. <laughs> yeah. Ray, While they're fixing it. Yeah. Ray knocked the rock off and crushed their cart, and they both just look up at Ray. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I laughed at those. Those parts were well timed. It was good. I think so too. They were. I I really enjoyed the movie. Overall, I think it was a great movie, and I don't know what y'all complaining about. Well, you know, and I just read something, and, and I know that this is running long, but I, I just read something that I thought was really apropos for this that ra- that ties all this together really well. Basically, there's a there's a Vice article where uh, it's an editorial piece or so that where the guy says that the Last Jedi redeems the prequels in a in a major way. Basically, what Luke does is he looks into the camera and he says that the Jedi. Uh, they lacked the foresight and they were, you know, stricken with hubris. So they, they, they had so much ego that they weren't able to see what happened. And Anakin killed all the Jedi so that Luke could re could remake it. And, and, uh, so it, it, it redeems the prequels because it shows you that the Jedi weren't this omniscient force. They were a bunch of lazy priests that sat in a temple and thought that they knew it all. Correct. And, and, and especially like, um, oh God, what movie is it? I don't know if it's the second or third movie, but, um, Yoda and Mace Windu are talking and he's like, we can't, he's like, he's like, how bad is it that we can't even see like that the Supreme Leader is here, you know, that the, the dark, uh, the dark side has clouded us so much. Right. And they, I think they got lazy, you know, they, they, uh, they kind of just sat up there on their, basically in their ivory tower, literally. And and didn't, and they didn't hone their craft. They didn't, they didn't expand. They didn't evolve. They were just stuck in these really tight ways that prevented them from growth and from learning and from, you know, improving. And And that's what happened to monarchies. Absolutely. And why they failed. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of it. And that's one of the things that the article says is that they didn't, they don't mention midichlorians. But they don't necessarily completely shy away from it either. Basically, what they did is 
they didn't even retcon it, I guess. They they just made it to where the force is everywhere. You know, the force is around us. It's it's everywhere and everyone probably has some level of an ability. You know, it's like you but there are people that have a greater affinity or maybe are just able to use it in another way. They're more more sensitive. More sensitive to it. And that's and that's the thing. They're they're just more sensitive to it. And so if you can hone that uh, then, then you're okay, and that's where you need a, you know, a teacher to teach you, you know, exactly what that means, and then take you down the path so that you can uh, do it in a safe manner, and you know, and develop it in a in a way that's beneficial to everybody. Yeah, it's like Qui Gon says: yep, yep. manipulate the mini- midi chlorines inside your blood. You bite your tongue. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the prequels were amazing well, movies. Well, but what it does, what it did though, is, and what they were doing. I want the, you to know, Daniel, that I'm rolling my eyes at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> really hard. I can hear it. I just want you I to hear know it. that. Eyes roll. I can hear it. <laughs> the prequels are um, such amazing films. But what? But that's the thing, though, and that's what the You're like I said, the article says is exactly is um, that if you if you strictly go by midichlorians or or by like your level of whatever you wanted to measure, and that's who you taught, then you really keep it's it's really an exclusive club. That right. you pick and choose instead of it being something where you like a like public school versus a private school that's legacy only, you know. Right. And, you have to be so smart to get in. Yeah, and and in the other, and you have to be rich or whatever. Right. You know, there there are all these stipulations that really make it difficult for that the the orphan child who's mucking stalls on that planet. It would never get to do it, you know. So it's it's, right. it's, it's like the Jedi Temple taught Common Core <laughs> in a in a and, in a charter school, and and yeah. Luke was taught just basic simple math, <laughs> you know. At a pub, or he was just taught at a public school, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. I, so I get it. So anyway, I thought that was I thought it was a it was a it was a well written article that really painted it in another light, and yeah, it, to me it did. Can you it forward redeemed. that to me, Susan? That sounds really good, actually. Yeah, I will. I'll forward, I'll put it in. I'll put it in our chat uh, so that you can you can read it. It's, it's really actually, maybe uh, we should put it in the podcast. Uh, I, I will add post. it to the notes. That way, our add it to the uh, notes. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Written by Matthew Galt. It's on Vice. I'll uh, will I'll uh, post it in so we can post it on the site. Nice. It's a good article. All right. Well, before we wrap this up, I want to hear y'all's final thoughts. Maybe let's say what how we rate the movie. Like on a ten scale, or like in the like, on of let, Star let, Wars. Let's bring it down to a five scale. Okay, cool. <laughs> Go ahead, cool. Stacy. Well, if if Empire is a five, I would give this a. I need to see it again. My current score would be like a a four seven. Okay, Monica. Empire used to be my five, but now Rogue One is my five. Yeah. So, like, Empire is, like, my 4.9. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's, like, a 4.7. Wow. Okay. And even, I'm gonna agree with you. even with all the, the problems I had with it, I still say this is probably a strong four for me. <laughs> I'm not going to say four, strong really seven. Like a very strong, strong. four. Um. <laughs> It's probably in my top five favorite Star Wars movies. I just, 
Star Wars movies. God, I can't even talk. I just I I need to watch it again so I can maybe get these feelings processed better. <laughs> I, processed I, I need closure, guys. I mean, I really wish y'all could have seen me walking out of that cinema last night. I was like, I just I don't know how to process this. <laughs> I was like, what happened to Luke? <laughs> I don't know. I uh, think we have to. You know, sometimes not overthink it as the movies are coming up because then we just get disappointed that they didn't turn out the way we wanted them to. That yeah, and that's what I talked to Daniel or told Daniel too is that this movie wasn't was was really actually really good. It just didn't turn out the way that I had expected it, or that the, maybe the way that I wanted it to because of the story that I had in my head, and because right. of that, I probably judged it unfairly on certain parts. You know, instead of really being able to enjoy and absorb Luke's death, I was more mad because I didn't get to see this plot unfold that I had imagined in my mind. And and just in, instead, I should have just enjoyed it for what it was and went along for the ride because it was another Star Wars. Like Rogue One for me, I had no point of reference. So I was able to just kind of take that ride and I really, really enjoyed it. Although and some people really hate that movie for some reason, I don't. Who can hate Rogue One? It's the best movie in the whole wide world. It's so weird. The people that hate Rogue One, like, yeah. love the Force Awakens, but the people that hate the Force Awakens loves Rogue One. Yeah, it's, it's so weird that it's divided like that. Yeah, I loved them both. I, I thought both of them were I great. Thought, yeah, thought both I were good both. movies. Um, this reboot so far has been very satisfying for me. Hey, look, I loved the prequels. <laughs> oh my goodness I... so good night guys this has been <laughs> hey no 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 I'll take this a step further I love the Star Wars holiday special which I will be watching here in 10 days you do not love that one you're just think... trying to be that fan that wants to say he loves that but I know you don't love that oh I do I love the Arthur <laughs> why don't you marry her she's dead dude oh Come man, on, man. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Uh, well, on that note, <laughs> that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com? There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I've been Daniel. It's Monica. Stacy. Yay. And we'll see you next time. Woo! Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.